Today we're starting a series called Great Expectations. It's our Christmas series about great expectations. I think that's what we can really think about when we think about Christmas. We think about the the Christmas tree. We think about what's under the Christmas tree. We think about the parties. We think about how that family photo is going to be perfect. And it never really is. But we have great expectations for it. And so we're going to delve into this for the next couple weeks. But today I kind of just want to start our series of great expectations with, uh, with a few little thoughts, and we'll be going from there, all right? A couple Christmases ago, I got, what I got for Christmas was very unique. It was the flu. In fact, the reason we have the hand sanitation stations around the church is because of that Christmas, right? Because... Uh, everyone in the church basically got the flu. If you were the only one remaining at church, you probably were patient number zero. And mm, okay, so we got the flu for Christmas. And with the flu, the only people that didn't get it because they ha- they were the smart ones that had the flu shot was my two kids. <laughs> my, and, and so what we did? Oh man, if you if you got the flu that year, you were coughing up a lung. You, you got the fever and the body shakes and all these terrible symptoms, right? The symptoms were horrible. The stuffed up nose. The, it, just, it was a horrible, no good, terrible, bad day. It took me like two hours to put together a basketball goal because I just could, like, couldn't function and read to, you know, and oh, that's where that, we had to take it apart twice because it's just brain was not working. And if you got the flu, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but that's what I got for Christmas. Now, funny thing is I'm going to compare Christmas to the flu because what I was experiencing and what I was dealing with was the symptoms. It was just the symptoms. It was the symptoms of coughing, the symptoms of having a fever, the symptoms of the body shakes. But what was really, really going on was I had the flu. Like Christmas, the symptoms of Christmas are the Santa Claus, the Christmas tree, the decorations, the parties, the families, all of that stuff. That's a symptom of Christmas. But the root of what Christmas actually is, it's about Jesus coming to earth to change the whole world. That's what it's really, really about. That is the root of what Christmas is. Sometimes we get really, really, really confused by the symptoms. A couple, uh, a couple years ago for my birthday, which is right before Christmas, but we got, I got the dad gifts. You get the two packages, right? One in a bag, one wrapped up. Dads, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? So that's, you get two packages, and that's basically what dads get. I'm okay, I'm cool with that, not complaining about it, but my kids were not okay with this. They were not, Bowen was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Daddy needs more presents. And so that's become a mantra in our house. I don't know why, who would who would reinforce this? But I said, what's daddy need? More presents. What's that? He need more presents and more. And so we just we goof off and do that. And when there's, you know, Christmas presents under the Christmas tree or whatever, we just say, "What's Daddy need? More presents." And it's just fun. I encourage you to start the same thing in your own houses. Um, but then we were sitting there watching uh, some Christmas movies, some cartoon or whatever. And they were talking about the reason for Christmas is family. 
which is a great reason, except it's a symptom, not the reason for Christmas. And so they were making a very compelling case, and they're doing it with cartoons, and I know it was really hitting my kids, and I was just a little worried. I was like, what's going on here? And I said, hey, guys, what's Christmas really about? Jesus' birthday. I was like, okay. So now we have two mantras at our house. One is, what's daddy need? More presents. And the second one is, what's Christmas about? Jesus' birthday. And we do it randomly through the Christmas season. I'll just say, what's Christmas really about? Jesus' birthday. Because we've got to keep our brains on the real point of Christmas. I'm not anti-Christmas party. I'm not anti-Christmas decoration. I'm growing in this area. Okay? A former Jared would have been very anti-all things. But kids have a funny way of changing those things for you. But what what I really want to just always come back to is the real reason for Christmas. It's about Jesus' birthday. As we step into great expectations, I want to center on a thought today called God works through the unexpected. God works through the unexpected. God works through the unexpected. And really, you can boil down almost the whole nativity scene as God working through the unexpected. And if you read the scripture, if you go back in the Old Testament, God is constantly over and over and over and over again, using unqualified people to do amazing things. It's pretty much his gig. It's what he does. God is constantly using the most unlikely to do the most extraordinary things. I want to show you kids this. I got two presents here. One my mom wrapped and one I wrapped. Which one do you think? This one my mommy wrapped, right? Yeah, I know. And so then you have this one. Which one do you, would, if you had a choice, which one would you want, Logan? This one. Why? Because Jesus is big. Because it's big. Right? Everyone would choose the big shiny with the big bow. That's what we do because we want the shiny wrapping paper. We want this. But what if this was the coolest gift ever, right? Just because it's in newspaper and it's ordinary, we don't really, really want that. We want the shiny and we want the big and we want the nice. And that's what we want. The people back in in Jesus' time, they were looking for the shiny, nice wrapping paper. That's what they were looking for. They were expecting a Jesus. They were expecting a Messiah to come and save them and to throw off the Roman people and say, go away. They were expecting someone to come in as a warrior on a a night on a horse and say, get away from here and win big battles. But that's not what happened. Jesus comes, basically is born into a dog bowl. What? That's what it is. He's, he's just in a, in, a, in a. That's what I have a big dog. A baby could fit in it. Okay. That's what Jesus is put in when he's born. Isn't that crazy? The guy who's going to save the whole world, not just the people at that time, but offer saving to all people everywhere for all time for eternity, and he's born into a dog dish. Isn't that amazing? He is wrapped in ordinary paper. People are looking for him in the, uh, in the nice stuff. Jesus is not unexpected, but the manner of Jesus is. 
See, uh, there's over 400 prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus. 400. 400 prophecies. They're all written hundreds of years before Jesus is born. And there's, there's just little snippets all throughout the Old Testament talking about, hey, hey, this, this, this Messiah is coming. This, they don't, this Jesus is coming. And I'll read two of them to, for you. Isaiah 7.14 says this. For this reason, the sovereign master himself will give you a confirming sign. Look, this young woman is about to conceive and will give birth to a son. You, young woman, will name him, him Emmanuel, which is the, basically like the, the last name of Jesus, God with us. The second one, these are just two really easy ones. Micah 5.2, as for you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, uh, seemingly insignificant among the clans of Judah, from you a king will emerge who will rule over Israel on my behalf, one whose origins are in distant past. As for you, Bethlehem. Bethlehem is a no-nothing town. It is backwater as backwater can be. It was backwater back then. It was backwater when Jesus came. It's backwater now. The only thing, only reason you go to Bethlehem today is for the church of the nativity. And the only reason there's people living in Bethlehem is because they want to sell stuff to you and me who go to see the church of the nativity. That is the only reason there's a town there. It's not, I mean, it's like desert rock, desert rock, desert rock. Church, okay, let's go. That is the whole reason it's there. It is the littlest, the just kind of dinkiest place in the middle of nowhere Israel. Israel is the middle of nowhere. And not really, I mean, without the whole religious stuff, you wouldn't really want to be there anyway. But Bethlehem's like the armpit of that. Okay? So... (laughs) Know your audience, Jared. Whoops. <laughs> People are looking for different kinds of symptoms of the Messiah. They're looking for someone to be born to the powerful, someone with money, someone with an army. They are looking for someone to ride in on a horse and to motivate everyone to come behind them and, and militarily kick out the Romans and kind of be a Julius Caesar or uh, Alexander the Great type character. They're, they're looking for a, a kingdom, a physical kingdom to be established and say, oh, here we are. We're Israel. We're mighty and we're powerful. Get away from us. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for the wrong symptoms, even in the very first, they're looking at different symptoms, even in the very first Christmas. I think we do that today. We get so caught up in our parties, we get so caught up in our gifts, we get so caught up in our traditions that we deal with the symptoms and not what is actually the root problem. God works in the unexpected. I want to read for you the birth of Jesus narrative. Luke 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree to the entire Roman world that a census should be taken. The census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, they came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. 
An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will, <laughs> that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. It is the most humble beginning for a refugee family from the Middle East. It is the most humble beginning you possibly could imagine for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. What is happening here on a theological scale is God is intervening into humanity's story and saying, you know what? You guys are messy. You've been messing up. You've done all kinds of crazy sins. And I've got to change the narrative. I have to change the story. He's been working with a people. He's been working with the Jews. They're the chosen people for thousands of years. He's been concentrating, just trying to get them right, focusing in on them. And at that moment, when Jesus comes into the world, instead of just focusing in on this one specific people group in this one specific place, he opens it up for everyone. Christmas is about Jesus coming to save the world, not just in that day, but forever. It's a time of great expectation. This Christmas, I hope you can realize what your great expectations are, your expectations on your families and on your gifts and all the different things. But have you paid attention to what Christmas is really all about? I know it's a stressful time. I know the to-do lists get long. But I want my great expectation on, to be on how God is going to work in our lives, how we get to participate in the Savior that came at this time. Have you remembered what Christmas is all about? Are you open to God using the unexpected this Christmas? Maybe this Christmas you need to take a moment and get back to the root of what Christmas is all about. Not get caught up in the symptoms and the side things, but the root of what's going on. Look for the beauty in the unexpected. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today, and thank you for this time. Thank you for this amazing story of you, God, sovereign, master of it all, creator of it all, coming down to save us, to redeem us, to restore us, to take our sin and our nastiness and all the junk in our lives and to be able to remove it so that we can have life and relationship and eternity with you. God, that we remember this beautiful gift that you gave us this Christmas season. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.